thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing the wellness into our lives. I'm Damien Kristoff. And I'm Brett Hill. And there is no Lawrence. Lawrence is away at the moment, maybe hitchhiking through the uh, the mountains of New Zealand. Um, he's away. We're having fun. Brett and I are steering the ship. And today we have with us a very special celebrity in our midst, a dual winner of an Emmy Award, which is amazing. Um, all the way from the US, we have a paleo-vegan, Ellen Jaffe-Jones. Welcome to the show, The Wellness Guys. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Ellen, it's, uh, it's awesome to have you, and thank you for staying up so late uh, for us to, uh, to get you organized, or to get us organized uh, to interview you. Um, I came across your book just recently, your recipe book, uh, The Paleo Vegan, which caught my mind because I, the other day, it was almost the other day, it's probably a couple of weeks ago, a great friend of the couches, of the wellness couches, the wellness guys, Brett and mine and Lawrence's, um, Karen Smith. She's a, a barley bomb survivor and I walked up to Karen and I said, you look really hungry, Karen. She goes, I'm starving. And I go, would you like some of my paleo muesli? And she's gone, I couldn't think of anything worse. And I go, what do you mean? It's vegan. And she goes, how can paleo be vegan? Because she's vegan, right? And so I said, all vegans are paleo because all they eat is what the ancestors used to eat all the time anyway. So she was like, oh my gosh, really? Of course, that's right. So I gave her paleo vegan. Off she went. She ate it and she felt fantastic. And I loved the concept that you're talking about, which is being paleo and being vegan, which to me just makes a whole lot of sense. How did you come across that? Well, I have always been about asking the two questions. What did our ancestors really do? And what does Mama Nature intend? And, you know, I come from a family where everybody is really sick or really dead. And we kind of, uh, it's just my mom and both sisters had breast cancer. And most of the adults have heart disease and diabetes. And being the youngest in my family, I had doctors telling me all my life, you better do something really different or you're going to end up like all the rest of them. So as a TV investigative reporter, I have just simply been trying to find out the truth about food. And when you understand who does research, who pays for it, um, as I like to say in my first book, there's no money in broccoli. And when you understand that, you understand why you have to be your own investigative reporter to figure out the truth. And I am an accomplished runner myself. And I belong to local running clubs. I'm on the board of one. And I'm also a certified personal trainer. About three or four years ago, I started people. I started hearing people talk about this paleo diet. And then I started reading some of the books. And I thought, well, this is kind of like some of the high-protein diets that I had tried as a younger person, trying to take off uh, the weight that I had put on from eating all 28 flavors of Baskin-Robbins here over in the States. And <laughs> See you um, you know, I, I had paid a terrible price for that. So um, a plant-based diet is really what, at least for me, got me over the hump and got me to lose the weight. And so I thought, well, how can we do a vegan version of the paleo diet? Because it really, uh, if you dump the dairy, which, uh, and I read a ton of paleo books just so I would be well-educated about what the main uh, thoughts were. If you dump the dairy and you get rid of the processed foods, you know, that's pretty much a paleo diet. And most of our 
ancient relatives, I'm thinking, were doing more gathering than they were hunting. The odds of a boar running through the backyard three times a day and then the odds of being able to catch that wild game and prepare it in a way that didn't kill you, um, you know, were pretty slim. So I was thinking we were probably more vegan back in those days than uh, major hunters. And, and there's also some research and some books that have been written that suggest that what made our brains grow larger was not so much eating meat as it was the cooking of food that release more nutrients. So so when you look at this, I guess, uh, compared to a conventional vegan diet or compared to what a lot of vegans are eating out there, and what are the major differences you see when you sort of refine it and start talking about a paleo vegan diet as opposed to, I guess, just a, a standard vegan diet? Well, you know, any diet can be unhealthy. It just depends what you choose to include in it that are helpful. And on one of the pages in Paleo Vegan, I developed a list that combines the foods from both groups, as, as I observed it from my reading of the paleo book. So you're going to find a lot of uh, nuts and seeds and fruits and um, uh, vegetables, of course, all kinds. And then there are, in, in a lot of the paleo books, there is this concept of 15 to 20% cheat. And uh, in my research on this, asking some meat-eating paleos what they do for a cheat, and usually it's like ice cream or alcohol. So for vegans, I say that 20% cheat can be the times in the week where you eat beans and grains if you wish to do so. And also for athletic competition, some of the paleo books understand that you may need a few more carbs like uh, sweet potatoes and wild rice, that kind of thing, to... Um, give you a little more energy to do those 26 miles in a marathon. Yeah, I could imagine you would need a bit more calorie. We interviewed um, on another podcast called 100 Not Out, and I briefly touched on this before while we are off air. Um, some, some people that ran around Australia did 365 marathons uh, in a row every single day. They, actually, 366 they did because they wanted to break the world record, and they did it eating about 20 bananas each per day. Um, just to keep their calorie load up. Now, they're vegan, raw food vegans, and they went all the way around Australia doing marathons, only eating fruits and vegetables, and, and managed to get around. Uh, needless to say, they were a little bit tired, but I don't think that's from being vegan. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the interesting thing about the, the running the endurance races versus the sprinting types of races. I'm actually seventh in the U.S. in my age group for the 1,500 meters, and I discovered my sprinting genes, and they are genetic, whether you have more fast twitch or slow twitch genes, and, um, you know, I couldn't understand why my 5K races wouldn't get below 27 minutes. I mean, there are women in my age group who can run a 5K in, in 24 minutes, and once I recognized that I probably have more of the fast twitch genes, I kind of embraced that and gave myself permission to go slow on some of these other races. And I also write a magazine article for a monthly publication here called The Running Journal. And the publisher told me that it's really rare for anybody with my sprint times to have ever been able to even finish a marathon. And I've finished two marathons and six half marathons. Um, you know, I wouldn't call them joyful experiences like uh, doing all my sprint races because, uh, you know, when I do sprinting, it's like I feel like a bird. It's just this amazing experience that I love. But, uh, you know, you just have to figure out what works. And for most people, it's just about finding an exercise program that works in combination with how you are eating. Now, some people, 
if they don't have an exercise program and they start loading up on seeds and nuts, they will gain weight. And that may be not, that may not be a desirable outcome. So as a personal trainer, I work with clients trying to figure out what is the right balance? What are the goals? And depending on your age, it may just be to get off the couch and do a 5k walking. So everybody's different. And uh, the bottom line is, yes, you get plenty of protein, you get plenty of calcium, you get plenty of energy on a balanced, healthy vegan diet. That's awesome, Ellen. I've got to say, I've done a marathon and an ultra marathon doing sort of a, a more traditional paleo diet as well with the meat included and it wasn't a particularly enjoyable experience for me either. So you're not <laughs> alone there in terms of the vegan paleo making a difference there, I don't think. So um, what would be great to talk about, I think, is some of the, the commonalities between, I guess, vegan paleo and, and paleo diet, which is really, you know, we're talking about things like the gluten and the grains and the processed foods. You know, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what sort of effects you're seeing within, within your clients, within people who are reading your book once they start dropping those foods out of their diet well again everybody's different and i always say if it isn't broke don't fix it so if you don't have a problem with grains that you know of um then there's really no reason to drop it because you get the um you get the b complex through some of the grains and if that works for you um you know at the agriculture part of our genetic makeup began about seven to 10,000 years ago. And some of us have evolved better than others to be able to handle that kind of a, a inclusion in our diet. But if you find that eliminating it makes you feel better, you have less of a foggy brain, um, then it, it's whatever works. And, and for each of us, it's a very individual journey. And um, you, know, you can get tests for practically everything these days. And I, I kind of joke, well, blood tests don't lie. So some people will get allergy testing just done on their skin and it doesn't show anything. But then when they get a blood test uh, for an allergy of one kind or another, it shows up. It's a little more sensitive. So um, I do encourage people to get tested initially, get baseline tests so you have something to compare it to um, as you progress on this journey. And, and you just have to analyze what works. I know, for example, if I eat breakfast, if I have protein at breakfast, and I go out and run, I will get a stitch, which is a really sharp muscle cramp. And I just can't eat protein before I run in the morning. But when I come back, you know, then I'm loading up on protein, of course, to speed in the muscle recovery. Alan, um, great point. Um, what what uh, would you have as a protein source? Because there are people on this uh, podcast listening now going, vegan, protein, what's she talking about? You know, because often people associate vegan diet or vegan lifestyle as a low protein eating program. So what, what sort of proteins would you have? Well, um, the seeds and the nuts are going to be the major source of it. But um, hemp seeds, for example, have um, uh, quite a bit of protein and uh, any of the seeds really. And, and even the vegetables like collard greens. Um, if, you, if you Google, for example, plant-based proteins or plant sources of protein, you know, you'll find that there really is quite an adequate amount um, uh, of both iron and um, calcium in a lot of, of the vegetables. So, for example, um, hemp seeds have three tablespoons. Uh, in three tablespoons, you have 10 grams of protein. Almond butter, uh, two tablespoons would be eight grams of protein. Um, and tempeh, if you wanted to include that, would have 
30 grams of protein in a, in, in a one cup serving. So again, using the cheats, if you wanted to include more protein, you would have beans during your 15 to 20% cheat if you wanted to do that. So uh, spinach had, in a cup of spinach has five, a little over five grams of protein. And, and everybody's different. You just, you know, I don't think our paleolithic relatives were running around trying to analyze how many gra grams of protein. You know, they were looking at their muscles, understanding how they felt. You know, those were the kinds of barometers they were using. And so, Ellen, you touched on tempeh there. I mean, where do you sit in terms of soy and how do you see that fitting into this vegan paleo diet? Well, soy is a legume or a bean, of course. So um, if you were incorporating that, that would be in one of your cheat meals if you wanted to do that. But you can certainly get protein in other sources that are like the nuts and the seeds. Um, even spirulina, if you've got dried spirulina, one ounce of that has 16 grams of protein. So there are other ways to incorporate like the, the, the vegetable parts of protein if you wanted to include that. And T. Colin Campbell in the China study has written a lot about how protein is greatly overrated, that we really don't need to be uh, bulking up on the protein. When you look at the vegan bodybuilding group, uh, veganbodybuilding.com and Robert Cheek, his wonderful book, Vegan Bodybuilding. And you look on his website and, oh my goodness, these guys look like, and gals look like they've been taking steroids, but they haven't. I know a number of them. And they have discovered what the largest animals on the planet have, which is uh, you can get a lot of protein and you can bulk up on the plants. That's very true. You, you, you do see that and um, great points. So actually, I've seen some vegan bodybuilders and they are often in unbelievable shape, amazing shape. I've got some friends actually here in the States and uh, they're also vegan. And everyone I've noticed has a very um, individual, uh, I suppose, experience with, with any kind of eating program. So I've seen some people do vegan really, really well, and I've seen some people do paleo really, really well, and you know the combination of paleo-vegan makes more sense to me. But I've seen people do a primal lifestyle and do it very, very well and live a long time. And then I've seen people eat you know, steak and two vegetables, cake, Coca-Cola, coffee at midnight, and all kinds of stuff, and live to 100 and 106 and still do reasonably well. What, what sort of things should people expect to feel when they do paleo-vegan really well? How should they feel? Well, again, everybody's, it's hard for me to say how they should feel because everybody is so individual. I really come across that in my work as a personal trainer. Um, I can tell you how I feel and I can tell you what I think uh, a lot of people that I work with feel. And that is just an amazing source of energy. Um, I competed last summer at the National Senior Games in in Cleveland, Ohio, in the States. And I was amazed. Of course, I would wear my obnoxiously bright vegan T-shirt and people would come up to me and say, oh, yeah, I'm vegan, too. And, and the one thing that I find that works, especially as we age, is that vegans tend to have less arthritis. So as a result... Like me, we can keep competing into our older years without getting the kinds of diseases of inflammation, not only in the joints, but the heart as well. And that's my, my concern about a heavy meat-based paleo diet. Um, I did the Atkins diet, uh, and I think it was a fairly healthy version of it, um, about 10 years ago when I put on some weight, um, having a very sedentary job. And my cholesterol from a vegan diet shot up from 135 to 203 in about six months' time. And I think, you know, I wasn't, certainly wasn't doing paleo at that time at all. But, um, 
you know, I just think everybody's individual and you just got to get those blood tests and figure out where you go from here and how well it works for you. But I think it's very reasonable to expect that you will feel very energetic and cleaned out <laughs> in a physical <laughs> way as well as an emotional way. Oh, and the other thing... We're not afraid to talk about poo on this show. Don't worry about okay. that. That's fine. Yeah, yes. yeah. Well, you get lots of fiber and uh, you need that. You know, the typical standard American diet, you're lucky if you get 15 grams of fiber a day. And that was the other thing for me doing the high protein diets. And I've done them all uh, over my checkered past. And uh, oh my goodness, I had a colon blockage when I was 28. They rushed me to the emergency room and they said they'd never seen one so large and somebody so young. And I would need to be on stool softeners and, and uh, medicine the rest of my life. And that's really when I started to change my diet and look at this 34 years ago. So um, you definitely need to keep the, up the fiber and um, make sure, you know, you whatever, however you're doing it, meat or vegan focus, that, that you do get enough fiber because that's so important in keeping the arteries cleaned out and uh, the plaque, whenever it starts to build up, if it does, out of your system. And, you know, when I hear about the high-protein diets, I just want to say to people, well, you know, what is – what what are your what's your blood work saying? Um, because the cholesterol really can get out of control pretty quickly if you don't keep an eye on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you're saying about the the low inflammatory aspect of sort of doing the vegan paleo. Because I think I think that's something that vegan and paleo diets really have in common is they're cutting out a lot of those inflammatory foods like the grains and the processed foods and all those sort of things. And and obviously that high vegetable content in, in both of the diets is is really important in that from that anti-inflammatory aspect. You know, because we know that so many of our diseases in our modern society are really linked to that inflammatory process, whether that's, you know, arthritis or, you know, all sorts of other chronic health conditions as well. So, you know, have you been seeing with your clients, you know, changes in terms of some of those other chronic health diseases as well? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, uh, we can say it cures everything or, um, so many people have different things going on. It's not just one problem or issue that they're dealing with. So you just pick a place to start and try and um, see if you can just eliminate certain foods right away and kind of begin with an elimination diet, um, which may be pretty, pretty bland at first, and then just add things back one at a time for like uh, two or three days and see if you have a, re uh, a reaction to it. But uh, if somebody is generally in good health, and they just want to clean up their diet, you know, there's not um, a whole lot of stuff that needs to be adjusted, then, you know, you're in good shape. But for so many people, it's just getting rid of the junk. And, and whatever label you slap on it, vegan, paleo, just to be able to get rid of the junk is so important. When I was a TV reporter, um, one of the stories I did was called Alternatives to Ritalin. And this doctor that I work with, physically went into people's homes and opened up their pantry and just started throwing things out. And this was 20 years ago, way before the word awesome. paleo diet had ever been created. And it was just amazing how much of an improvement he saw on that basis alone. Mm. That sounds like someone we should get on the wellness guys, Damien Christoph. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? it that does. sounds pretty good. I, uh, I love the idea of that, actually. Um, I did a TV show where I used to go into people's houses and throw all their stuff out as well, and it works. It's amazing. Once you take away the traps from people's lifestyle, they, uh, they are forced to make healthy changes, and it's, it's great. It, you know, it, Across the board, whether it be um, behavioral disorders, learning disorders, eating disorders, whatever it is, if you can give them a clean slate, then, of course, they're going to make a great change. And uh, So I love that. Hey, Alan. Do you reckon that when people go vegan 
or when they go paleo, that immediately they can start to do high intensity exercise like what you've been able to do. I mean, you've gone on, you've, you've won heaps of events. How many events have you won doing five kilometer events? How many of those have you won? Um, 67. 67. I, I haven't won them, just to be clear. I mean, some of them I did get first place in my age group, but I've placed in my age group. So, so that usually means in the top three of yeah. any good. Yeah. It's as good as winning, you know. Everyone remembers one, two, three. So, <laughs> yeah, well, well done. Do you think that, uh, gotten, what's that? Sorry, I was going to say I've gotten four senior grand masters awards, so that's the ten-year age group when they lump that together. So, yeah, and you know, I just kind of joke at my age; it's just about showing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ellen, you still got plenty of years left to go. I reckon sixty-one is still pretty good. You got yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, well, to answer your question, it takes a lot of training and. Um, it took me a year of just running by myself before I had enough guts to join a running club. And then another year of running with a running club before I had enough, enough guts to show up at a race and about a year and a half of training, doing five K's and half marathons before I had enough guts to do a full marathon. And then to train for the 1500 meter sprint um, you know, another year of just totally different, a totally different workout. But, um, you know, that the whole key to all this, if you're picking up any theme is avoiding injury and you have to start off slow enough that you don't burn out and that you don't get injured. And that's the number one thing I've seen, especially in the running community with people who I started out with 10 years ago in my age group who are not running anymore because they just, they got a, a case of the terrible twos too much too soon. So start off slowly. So Ellen, let's uh, you know. I think a lot of people would be curious to find out, like, what is a day in the life of Ellen? Like, if you were on, I think if we go for a race day, that'd be even better. And so, like, when you wake up on race day, what sort of stuff do you eat in the morning? What do you eat before the race? What do you eat after the race? Just to give people an idea of what it looks like and what you're eating when. Well, the most annoying thing is I always wake up before my alarm goes off on race day. You know, what's up with that? Um, but actually, a lot of runners do. And uh, so I will get a first thing I do is drink 16 ounces of cold water. That was a little trick I learned from my coach. And um, because the worst thing that can happen is in the middle of the race, you have to use the porta potties. And so you want to get all of that going uh, and done with before you show up on the start line. So that's what I start with. Then uh, I boil a big pot of water for my green tea and um i pour it over my oats and some berries and that's the same boring breakfast that i eat almost every day so for me it's um i don't want it like i said i don't want to eat too much before i run or i race and then i i totally go to town when i get back so um i will bring like laura bars with me um do you have laura bars over there Sorry, I was on mute. Um, no, I, not that I know of. I don't think we've got Lara bars. Do uh, they are they're nuts and dates, and, and they they flavor yeah. them with real fruits. Um, so they're delicious and uh, they're very convenient. So I will bring those with me in the car because most races that I run have just total junk, like hot dogs and hamburgers. <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine. There are even some races where they hand out chocolate milk cartons to everybody who oh. finishes as they cross the finish line. Yeah. Goodness At least it says you finish, not like halfway through or something, because that's pretty brutal. <laughs> right, uh, right. They, right. they still hand out Gatorade at our ones, so, uh, you know, they're yeah. trying to do the same thing. Yeah. So that's um, so. Then when I come home, then I'll make something, you know, a ginormous salad with uh, nuts and seeds in it, 
And, uh, you know, as far as what my life is like, I mean, now that I'm an author and this is my third book, I'm really quite, unfortunately, stuck in the computer chair much more than I, I, my body wants to be, although I really do love engaging with my, my readers and my followers. But um, I just make sure I have two ginormous salads at lunch and dinner for sure. And uh, I'm not afraid of nuts anymore. I used to be. I mean, there are some people, if they're not exercising, they can look at a nut and they gain weight. And so um, if you're trying to lose weight, you really do have to kind of modify or, or just look at the intake of what you're doing with the nuts and the seeds. But, um, you know, I just, I cook my vegetables. Um, I belong to a local co-op here. So once a week I go and get four grocery bags full of fresh vegetables that are organic that were picked that morning. And, you know, the downside of that is that I don't really have any choice of what the vegetables are going to be. It's what's in season and what will grow in our soil. But that's totally fine with me because I haven't met a vegetable I don't like. <laughs> that's good. I've met heaps of vegetables. Some of them I don't really like, but, um, but all the ones that you can grow on the ground I think are beautiful. No, just joking. Just joking. Hey, um, I, I came across somebody the other day who got a bit grumpy with me because he thought, and grumpy in Australia means mad or cross or upset. Um, he got upset because I have in my paleo mix of muesli some dried fruit like dates and cranberries. And, uh, and he said that in paleo times they wouldn't have had dried fruits. And, uh, and I said, yes, that's true, um, but they may have had you know, fruits that might have been not as fresh as some. Are you okay with dried fruit being paleo? Is, or does that kind of go against the grain for you? So to speak. Yeah, that's a good pun. Yeah, you, like um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think there probably were some times where fruit would fall off of a tree and kind of dry out and bake in the sun. And people, if they were hungry, that's what they would eat. That's what they would forage. And... Um, you know, if you are another, another good another good pun, I like that one. You don't know about that, but forage is the name of my breakfast cereal. So there you oh, go. nice plug, DK. How about that? <laughs> there may be more than just a pun and coincidence in that. I mean, it's it sounds like that is the name they use to conjure up the image of how those fruits and grains were acquired. So, um, like I said, if you talk to some of the paleos who subscribe to the 15 to 20% cheat rule, and then the reason those rules were created is that a long-term paleo diet that is strictly meat-based is tough for people to stick to. So that's why they give you the opportunity to go off and do some other things. And, and um, so the dried fruit, it, the only thing about it is that it's, it's concentrated in sugar and, and it tastes great. But again, if you're trying to lose weight, you may not want to just load up on the kind of uh, dried fruits. And I would go for fresh as much as you can. So, Ellen, we're about to wrap up here, but just one last question for our listeners. Uh, you know, if people are wanting to do this vegan paleo thing, like what are your top three tips? Like, what are the three most important things people need to start thinking about if they want to do vegan paleo really well? Well, I think the first thing to think about is, again, just what what did our ancestors really do? What were they out there with? You know, they didn't have refrigerators, <laughs> most likely, or a way of storing the food. So getting the food as fresh as you can, trying to find a local farm. Here in the States, we have something called CSAs, Community Supported Agriculture, where you can buy into a share. 
And uh, you can also find a local farm to go volunteer at and get discounted shares, uh, discounted foods um, in terms of the price. So looking for ways to get fresh food, incorporate more of that into your life. That would be my first tip. So the more fresh stuff you get, then you just don't have time for all the processed foods. And I'm not saying that cooking is wrong, but maybe you want to think about not using the microwave so much and just taking the time to prepare and enjoy your food. Eat it outside if you can, if the weather permits. Um, the food and the colors just really pop out and come alive, and they really call out. The nature provided so that there was a whole rainbow and beautiful display of colors in the vegetable and fruit kingdom. So just make sure that you eat the colors of the rainbow. Did I get to three? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you did, but it was a good go. And eating the color of the rainbow is fantastic. I love it. Now, it's such a sad thing, but we've come to the end of yet another wonderful Wellness Guys episode. Now, if you want more information from Alan, she's got a couple of websites, but the website she'd love you to go to, and we'd love you to go to as well for more information, is www.vegcoach.com. And uh, and there you can get access to Alan's information. She has three books. She has um, the Paleo Vegan. It's a cookbook. She's also got Eat Vegan on four dollars a day. Now that's four dollars US a day. If you're in New Zealand, that's nearly ten bucks. And if you're in Australia, that's six bucks. And uh, if um, if you're looking for something else, we're looking for something, another book or another way to introduce vegan into your home. She's got another another book called Kitchen Divided, and uh, that sounds like a great read too. So I'm looking forward to reading. So thank you so much, Alan, for sharing your time today. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us only a five-star rating and give us a comment. We love comments. And until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives. Lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.